And that is why one of the names of the Holy Quran, according to the 25th chapter, the first verse is Al-Furqan. Allah also calls one of the most important days within the Islamic history as Al-Furqan as well. And that was the day of the Battle of Badr. Yawm Al-Furqan. Allah calls it the day of Furqan. Because that also was a day that tells me and you and all the Muslims and within the course of history from the time of Rasulullah until the end of time that what is the criteria for us to follow an individual, to revere an individual, to keep him as an exemplary figure, to be inspired by an individual that was alongside Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The criterion is also there. And again, all the books of history, all the hadiths, all those discussing the Battle of Badr will tell you that there was one hero at the Battle of Badr. And that was the young Ali ibn Abi Talib salawatullahi alayhi. Who killed half of the mushrikeen and he imprisoned the other half of the mushrikeen. And the rest of the army of Islam did the rest of the 50%. But he single-handedly was, was half an army by himself. And the angel Jibra'il comes to Rasulullah. He says, Ya Rasulullah, look at the love of Ali. Look at how much he loves you. Look at how passionate he is. Look how he's jeopardizing his life for you, for Rasulullah. He says, وَكَيْفَ لَا يَا Jibra'il?" And why wouldn't he? And I am from him and he is from me. But why was it Yawm Al-Furqan? Again, we have to look further into history to realize why is it that Allah chooses this day to be a truly, to, to be the true measurement, to be the standard of measurement where we can truly distinguish those who had the utmost levels of piety and taqwa and righteousness and yaqeen and those who had doubt. Because Badr was the very first battle after the migration. And it took place in the second year after the hijrah. And there people of Medina, people who had become Muslim and they migrated with Rasulullah to Medina were on one side. And they were very outnumbered. All of them together were 313 people. But they had like two or three swords, couple of sticks, two camels, one horse, five shields. Very outnumbered. The rest of them were carrying sticks. Some of them were carrying rocks. And they faced the army of Quraysh. This huge army. That its name shakes you up. Regardless of how many is it that they're bringing and what are their you know, what their armed forces looks like. It is Quraysh. Quraysh shook up, the, shook up the, the greatest of armies. It was the, the most powerful armed forces in the Arabian Peninsula. But again, that's not the main reason why Allah called it the Furqan. Obviously, it does help us determine who truly stood next to Rasulullah steadfast. They remain strong with Iman, 
And who knows, some of them didn't show up at the battle, some of them ran away, some of them didn't carry a sword. Regardless, that's again not the reason. It's because on that battle, in that battle, a father faced his son. An uncle faced his nephew. A brother faced his brother. And in that battle, Hamza, the uncle of Rasulullah, faced his brother Abbas. The, brother, the uncle of Rasulullah, his own brother. Hamza Sayyid al-Shuhada. Now you understand why Rasulullah named him Sayyid al-Shuhada. Now you understand why is it that when you go to Medina, you have to go and stand in front of this man. In humility and salute him for his iman, for his faith, for his steadfastness. The iman was so strong in him <coughs> that he stood with Rasulullah against his own brother Abbas. And look at the criterion here. Amir al-Mu'mineen stood in front of his own brother Aqil and he took his brother Aqil as a captive. And he brought him to Rasulullah. So on the way, Aqil told him, Ya Ali, Anabn Ummik, I am the son of your mother. Meaning, you know, sometimes you have stepbrothers who come from the same father but different mothers. But he says, Anabn Ummik, I am the one from the same mother. How can you take me? How can you imprison me? At least let me go. Samir al Mu'minin didn't pay attention to him. He brought him and he put him in front of Rasul. This is the Christ. This is when true Iman is tested. This is when true faith is tested. And I tell you brothers, we also have to constantly test our Iman. We have to use this moral compass and test our faith and test our Iman. Don't say that, Alhamdulillah, I am praying. Alhamdulillah, I am fasting. Alhamdulillah, I am doing my a'mal. Alhamdulillah, I've gone to the masjid several times this year. I've given my donation. So I am a mu'min. Don't say that. Constantly try to test your iman according to this moral compass. If on one side you had to decide between Allah, Rasulullah, Ahlul Bayt, and on the other side, between your own brother, which side would you choose? That is when your iman is being tested. If on one side it is your child, the love of your life, and on one side it is the call and the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we say obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to test us like he tested Ibrahim. I mean, alhamdulillah, we're not going to be in such a position. We are but in a much milder way. I know many people who when their children are now going to college, they're going to university and they have to pay the bills, whether it's five years, whether it's 10 years, whether it's seven years, you see no donations from them. They're not being charitable at all. Why? Because we have expenses. My child is going to college. When it comes to the child's needs, as the child grows, their needs also grow with them. So instead of us becoming more charitable because we are taking our steps towards the end of our life, every breath we take, we become closer to the end of life. 
every day that passes, we take steps closer to the end of life. Instead of becoming more charitable, we become less charitable because my kids have needs. On that day that they place me in the grave, my child will not follow me. On the day of judgment, when I tell my child, take one of my sins, they will not. Give me one of your hasanat, they will not. In fact, the moment they place me in my grave, those who remain from my family say, how much inheritance? 